0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Santa H., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Today is Monday, April 17, 2017. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are on page 27, the first paragraph that begins with, some of our alcoholics readers may think they can do without spiritual help. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Kathy F, the 12 Traditions, Elizabeth D, and reading the literature today are Monica T, Carmela G, and Lynn S. The share ID for Sunday, April 16, 2017, our special edition meeting is 98. neither soliciting nor accepting outside donation. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Kathy F. to read the 12 steps, please.
1: Hi, this is Kathy F., a compulsive overeater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs.
0: And thank you, Kathy F. I will now ask Elizabeth D. to read the Twelve Traditions, please. Elizabeth, if you speak and we don't hear you.
2: Can I be heard? Yes. Okay. My name is Elizabeth D. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in the Boston area. These are the twelve traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two. our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio and films. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass.
0: And thank you Elizabeth D. How our meeting works. Singleness of purpose remind us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions and the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, and then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book. We are on page 27, the first paragraph, beginning with, Some of our alcoholics readers may think they can do without spiritual help. We'll be reading this morning through four paragraphs ending with never been successful with an alcoholic of your description. And comments will be focused on all four paragraphs this morning. I will now ask Monica T. to begin reading. Good morning, Monica.
3: Good morning, Santa. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. Some of our alcoholics readers may think they can do without spiritual help. Let us tell you the rest of the conversation our friend had with his doctor. The doctor said, you have the mind of a chronic alcoholic. I have never seen one single case recover where that state of mind existed to the extent that it does in you. Our friend felt as though the gates of hell had closed on him with a clang. He said to the doctor, Is there no exception? Yes, replied the doctor. There is. Exceptions to cases such as yours have been occurring since early times. Here and there, once in a while, alcoholics have had what are called vital spiritual experiences. To me, these occurrences are phenomena. They appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements. Ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men, are suddenly cast to one side, and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. In fact... I have been trying to produce some sort of emotional rearrangement within you. With many individuals, the methods which I have employed are successful, but I have never been successful with an alcoholic of your description. And again, I'm Monica Tia, recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. Wow. Okay, so here's Roland um, Hazard. And he's gone back. To, he spent a whole year with Dr. Uh, Young and not drinking. And then on his way home, he picks up. He comes back to the doctor. And Dr. Young, thankfully, is very honest and blunt with this guy. And he tells him, you have the mind of a chronic alcoholic. What is that? On page 24, paragraph 1, in the squiggly writing there, the italics, we're told what this what what this is. We've lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or two. So, you know, our mind is the problem. My mind tells me a lie that I believe every single time, and the other part is I have no memory of the consequences. And he goes on to say, you know, and, and, and Roland hears the, the clang of, the, of the, the door slamming on him. Bang! I felt like that. How about you? Is there no exception? Yes, replied the doctor. There is. And what is that? What is the solution? He says, here and there, once in a while, alcoholics have had what are called vital, life-giving, what? Spiritual experiences. It always amazes me that a scientific medical man gives us the solution. And what is that solution? It's not medicine. It's not psychiatry. It's not pills. It's not other people. It's not knowledge. It's not determination. It's not will. It's a spiritual solution. I need a power greater than me. And he says, what are these phenomena? These are huge emotional displacements. What's a displacement? A shift, a change, and rearrangements. Again, a new order, a change. And he says, our ideas, emotions, and attitudes have to be changed. And he says, I've seen this happen. And these people get a whole new set of ideas. And this is a goal. This is what we're after. A completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. And they're going to, you know, we're in the solution. So now we've been told what the solution is. I'm powerless and I need a power greater than me. And it has to be a higher power. It cannot be me and it cannot be anybody else. You know, I'm beyond human aid. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. And thank you, Monica T. And who
0: would like to comment for approximately three minutes on what was read?
4: Nancy
0: Highland G. I heard Nancy G. Michael H.
5: Michael H.
0: Sasha O. Sasha O. Elizabeth D. Elizabeth D. Okay, what's we'll up right there? Thank you all for going so slowly. I believe the first person I got is Nancy G.
4: Nancy H.
0: Nancy H. Thank you. Go right ahead. Good morning, Nancy H.
4: Good morning. Thank you, Santa. This is uh, my favorite part of the big book, actually, um, especially the the third paragraph, but I'll start with the beginning. Um, The spiritual experience, when he talks about the mind of a chronic alcoholic, so he's pretty much telling him he's hopeless, and that, to me, was, a little mind-boggling when I first read it, and then, um, you know, it, his mind felt like the gates of hell were on him with a clang, a loud, loud ring, so he asked the doctor if there's any exception, he says, yes, and this is the part that I really love, um, this is what made me realize what a spiritual experience was, along with page 567, Um he says, here at, here in a while, in a, excuse me, here once in a while, alcoholics have had what I call vital spiritual experiences. And he's saying they're rare, but they seem to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements. Ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of the life of these men, are suddenly cast aside, and a completely new set of conce- conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. And I'm thinking to myself, what is this? You know, this is, am I going to be a different person? And then I realized they're saying there's a God consciousness that's going to make me see right from wrong. And on page 567, then I, they added to that, and they tell about the, um, the, the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And that, to me, explained it all, those two things. And it explained to me that if I don't get that spiritual experience and if I don't get that or spiritual awakening, but mine was a spiritual experience, then I'm not going to recover. You know, that, that's the only hope for me. And, and it's, um, it's miraculous. It's a miraculous thing that doesn't coincide with uh, things of this world, you know, the spiritual experience. So for me, this was uh, a big, this is when I caught on and finally said, I know what this is all about. And it became my way of thinking that that's what I wanted, that re- 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 rearrangement of my emotions, ideas, and attitudes. And I do today have a new conception of, of uh, motives, and I ask myself all the time, what is a motive? What is a motive? Well, the motive is, what is my aim here, What's my spiritual aim? So for me, this is uh, what tells me right from wrong. It's The Creator has entered into my life, and I'm very grateful for that. Thanks. I
0: pass. And thank you, Nancy H. And good morning, Holland G.
6: Good morning, Santa, and thank you to Team Monday for making this wonderful meeting possible. This is a very, very uh, quintessential, very vital part of our history. This is this is this is the flashpoint of us getting the spiritual uh, uh, the spiritual help that we need because. Bill Wilson knew of the problem from Dr. Silkworth, but Dr. Silkworth never presented Bill with a solution. Silkworth only finds out about the solution after all this stuff takes place. Let's take a look at this section here that Monica read and some of the things that Monica talked about I want to repeat because they're so vital. He is calling this spiritual experience a phenomenon. Why is he calling it a phenomenon? He's calling it a phenomenon because he doesn't really understand it himself, but he believes that it will work. And is it odd or is it God that Roland didn't get to Freud or Adler? Because Freud and Adler believed that all solution lie within the mind. Jung broke rank with them in his belief that here and there spiritual experiences could make the difference. But let's take a look at something where he the concept of change and let's see how many times he talks about that concept of change. And what must change in recovery? Simply everything. Uh, He talks about they appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements, change, And rearrangements change. Ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once, past tense, the guiding forces of the lives of these men, were suddenly cast to one side, change, and a completely new set, change, of conceptions and motives begins to dominate them. In fact, I have been trying to produce some such emotional rearrangement change within you, with many individuals, the methods which I employed <clears throat> excuse me, with many individuals, the methods which I employed are successful, but I have never been successful with an alcoholic of your description. In other words, he could treat other maladies, but not chronic alcoholism with psychology and medicine. It is only relievable, it is only temporarily arrestable through a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps This is vital information because without this information, I am going to continue to think that food is my problem when food is the solution to the problem. And he told me again and again that food is not the problem. It is the solution to the problem. The problem is the buildup of human emotion, which only a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps will alleviate. And with that, I will pass. Thank you.
0: And thank you, Harlan G. And good morning, Michael H. Did I get that
7: right? Michael? Yes. Good morning. Can you hear me?
0: I can hear you now. Go right ahead.
5: Good morning. This is Michael H. Recovered from the great state of Illinois. I just wanted to plug in this morning real quick. It says you have the, the doctor said you have the mind of a chronic alcoholic. And uh, the doctor told Roland that. I, I didn't actually have any doctor tell me that I had the chronic mind of the alcoholic, but through my own experience, uh, I came to be beaten into to that sense of the fact that I, I had to admit to myself that I did have the chronic mind of the alcoholic. And one of the reasons that I knew that is I could not stop picking up the food and my substances. And and it says our friend felt as though the gates of hell had had closed on him with a clang. And I actually had been in that place for, for quite a long time. It's what brought me into into OA in the beginning. Um, I, I didn't necessarily want to give up the food. I didn't want to give up the food. As a matter of fact, I wasn't convinced that, that it was my problem. But what I did did want was, was to be sane again. And this was my last hope. So but going down to the bottom, it, it says, I've been trying to produce some such emotional rearrangement within you, the doctor told him. That reminds me of the last time I, the last six months that I had spent in in therapy and the the great psychologist that i was going to was baffled as to why his work with me wasn't changing my my outlook on life my 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 personal relationships the problems that i had see i I couldn't solve my own problems none of them i couldn't solve my problems with the food i couldn't problem solve my problems with with this with the other substances that i had Um, I, I couldn't do anything on my own. And and so I came into OA and I worked these this spiritual program of action and I have had this vital spiritual experience that it talks about. And and with that I've had the occurrences. I mean essentially these are these are promises to me that I've experienced. They 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 appear to be a nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements. The things that I'm doing uh, with my normal human emotions today um, are, are are things that no human power, it says no human power could cure me of this disease. Not, not, not the best ideas that I had, no middle-of-the-road solutions, nothing that I'd ever tried, nothing that I'd ever, no person that I'd ever enlisted. Uh, to help me, could help me, and I tried everything I could possibly think of. Um, it says, the things in these men's lives are suddenly cast to one side in a completely new set of conceptions, and motives begin to dominate them. And and I'm newly recovered on this line, but I've experienced this, and uh, mm-hmm. it's really a great miracle. And with that, I will pass. Huh.
0: And thank you so much, Michael H. And next we have is Vasa. Oh, good morning, Vasa.
8: Good morning, Santa, and good morning, everyone. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader, calling from Florida. And this is a very, very powerful uh, paragraph that we read. And uh, and I guess um, I was beyond a human power. It's not like I didn't try, I try to get the help from everywhere else and there was nothing, I had exhausted everything and there was nothing left for me to try. And I knew I had the mind of chronic compulsive overeater because I could not stop it any longer. And for me it was like progressive. It's not like I didn't try, I tried it over the years. As I said, I tried so many things. And there was really nothing I could do, any anything. You know, I came to the point I could not uh, control the food by myself, by my own willpower, any longer. And um, I just had to give up. Couldn't do it anymore. And my sponsors have asked, the only solution for us is to surrender to God, to this program, the 12 Steps. This is the only way. And I remember saying, well, Nothing else worked for me, what I tried, so I'm ready, and I'm willing to do whatever, whatever. And uh, and I was ready, and I was really willing to humble myself and to surrender to this higher power, who I didn't know who this, power, this high, higher power was going to be. But I, you know, again, I was at the point, it's live or die, Vasa, or be sicker and sicker, develop all these physical problems, you know. And uh, I had a young child. He was only three years old, my youngest one. And I said, my God, you know, I'm going to kill myself with this food, and he deserves to have a a mother that's going to be there, take him to school, and he's not going to be ashamed of me. You know, I was much older when I had him, and I didn't want him to be ashamed of big heavy mother, you know, with this comparing younger mothers, you know, that he, you know, he was going to have. And again, for me, that was a big motivation, my son, and I just didn't want to die. I wanted to be there for him and my older children, and, and I did surrender. I mean, I was just so ready and willing to surrender. And I love this part here. I know my time is coming up. They appear to be in the nature of huge emotional dis, uh, displays, mental, and rearrangement ideas, emotions, and attitudes which were once the, once the guiding force of the living of this man are suddenly cast to one side and a completely new set of condition, conceptions and motives begin begin to dominate them. And this is what I had. I did have a spiritual experience. That moment, I didn't want to share it. I didn't want people to think I was going crazy. It took me a while. I'll wrap it up. It took me a while to really share about my experience with a new relationship, with a higher power. I just felt those rearrangements. God just rearranged my brain, and that was the beginning of my new life. Thank you, and I pass. And
0: thank you, Bossa O. And next we have is Elizabeth D. Good morning.
2: Good morning, Elizabeth D., uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in the Boston area. So um, this is the most important, one of the most important um, sections of the book for me because it broke through years and years and years of denial. So I came into program um, about 30 years ago when I was about 28 28 years old. Um, I could certainly relate to what I was hearing in the rooms, um, but I was at that point unable to see myself as a true compulsive overeater. Um, I didn't want to give up the food. Um, I worked the tools selectively, and over that 10 years, I actually gained 100 pounds by going to meetings. Not religiously going to meetings, but I was hearing my story over and over, and still, I could not see myself as a compulsive overeater, my disease had not progressed. Um, and um, by the age of 40, I got the gift of desperation and um, I found a way to work OA and the steps that produced what they're talking about in this paragraph, the vital spiritual experience. Um, and I had um, I had indeed a new set of conceptions and motives which um, began to dominate my life. and. Um, just in his example, I, I outgrew fear and procrastination, which is a miracle for someone like me. Um, and um, everything got better in my life, career, family, relationships. And I was, felt so strong in my spiritual life and, and every other aspect that I felt strong enough to um, do something amazing and um, get my heart's desire, which was to adopt a child. So I went overseas. I came back. And by the time I came back, um, I had my daughter, and I'm a single working mother. My life had utterly changed. My disease had progressed. And I thought I was too busy to work the steps of this program
9: because now
2: I'm a single mother working full-time, and I just do not have time to enlarge my spiritual life. I stepped back into the denial and... um, and that's basically where i stayed for 10 years and guess what i was in relapse for 10 years on and off getting getting some um um recovery um over um but basically staying in denial um and i used oa as a diet uh with group support until i i found this way of working this the tools which has allowed me to have a, the spiritual awakening that i needed and it says it right here here and there um vital spiritual experiences this I, I, it's hard for me to explain but i am my, i am changed i am um i have a new way of dealing with my life i have outgrown fear and procrastination um in a, in a in an amount of time that just absolutely amazes me um this really really works and um the the doctors in my life all the doctors in my life thank you Uh, All the doctors in my life um, fully endorse what I'm doing, and with that, I'll pass.
0: And thank you, Elizabeth D. If you're just joining us, we are on page 27 in the big book, uh, beginning with the first paragraph some of of our alcoholic readers may think they can do without spiritual help. And we are focusing on the four paragraphs here that's ending with never been successful with an alcoholic of your description. And comments are on all four paragraphs. So we'll continue our discussion. And who would like to comment for approximately three minutes on those four paragraphs? That was read this morning by Monica. Lisa, Kim Kelly. Kelly. I, heard Lisa. E. I heard Kim. I think it's Barbara Kim e. I heard Barbara E. I heard a male voice. Who was that? Diane. I heard a male voice. Diane. Okay, I have you Diane. Diane, what's the initial of your last name? H. Tina S. Tina S. Janet B. Okay, let's stop right there for a minute. I have Lisa. I didn't get the initial of your last name. Kim G., Barbara E., Diane H., and
9: Tina S. Good morning, Lisa. Hi. I'm Lisa Jay from Baltimore, and I apologize for kind of uh, interrupting you. I thought you were done. Um, when I first read this paragraph, the first paragraph we read, um, I was, I'll be honest with you, I was pissed off. i I saw that mind, the word mind jumped out at me twice, and I had to reread it and reread it, and I thought, you know, no, I'm not. I'm not, I don't have a problem of my mind. I just eat too much. I just can't control my eating. And <laughs> then my favorite paragraph, my attitude adjustment paragraph followed. And I realized that, you know, I needed I needed that emotional displacement or the, the rearrangement of, of those emotional issues I had. Because I was eating when I was pissed off. I was eating when I was lonely i was eating when i felt unloved and um all these things had to be cast to the side they had to go because there was no room for recovery walking around with a bag of bricks of people that wronged me people that um you know you know when i'm married late in life uh, marriage was the refining fire for me you know i never felt more unloved than in my marriage because my mind was wrong. I expected too much from the man that I married. Um, he's human, and I wanted him to be everything that food was to me. And I realized that later after my fourth step. But um, you know, I it's it's so true. When when I read that last sentence, that word never that that word never is is pretty pretty tough. Never been successful. I went to uh, Johns Hopkins, um, had some of the best minds tell me that you know I was hopeless, that my eating behavior was hopeless. Um, drugs didn't do it, diets didn't do it, you know, um, you name it. Uh, the best doctors in in the country couldn't help me. Um, so that's sort of a a blast from the past, but it's real. It's real today, too, if we don't get these 12 steps and we don't work the program. And I should say, I, um, for me, it's been um, quite a journey, and I'm just thankful to be here, and I'll pass with that. And
0: thank you, Lisa, Jay. And good morning to you, Kim G. Did I get that right, Kim?
7: Oh, I'm sorry, Santa. I had myself double muted. Okay. (laughs) Um, Good good morning, everyone. My name is Kim, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And, um, you know, we hear all the time in meetings that what do we have to have? We have to have a spiritual experience. We have to have this spiritual experience. We have to have this spiritual experience. Yeah, what does that mean? And, And I believe what we just read is one of the clearest descriptions of what a spiritual experience is. If we go through that paragraph, we're going to hear synonym after synonym after synonym for the word change. We're going to have to change. You know, ideas, emotions, and attitudes are once the dominating forces in these men's lives were suddenly cast to one side. So how do we make that change? So well, I just want to look at our, our our inventory process, which is four through nine. I used to think the inventory was only step four. It's an inventory process of four through nine. So in steps four and five, we have three inventories. We have a fear inventory a resentment inventory, a sex conduct inventory, and those things are cast to one side. In six and seven, we identify our character defects, that we're selfish, we're dishonest, we're self-seeking, we're frightened, we're inconsiderate, and those get cast to one side. And then by, by implementing RMNs we get rid of our guilt, our shame, and our remorse. Because see, my problems, of, I'm an alcoholic of my type, is I'm blocked from my higher power. And by doing this inventory process, I am clearing away the blocks where I can now have access to that power. And how do I continue to have access to that power? By practicing 10 and 11, which is implementing 4 through 9. So that's what happens. These other characteristics, the principles, begin to dominate me. And not because I'm trying to practice honesty or practice integrity or practice humility, because by doing the steps, I acquire, Well, that's, that's what I think is so beautiful, is this inventory process, which we learn in 4 through 9, implement in 10 and 11, changes our perspective, our behavior, our thinking, and then I have access to a power which allows me to live a life which is happy, joyous, and free. The spiritual experience doesn't be, need to be mysterious. We have clear-cut directions. We do not need to figure it out. Thank you, God, that Carl Jung gave him the answer to the spiritual experience and the Oxford group gave us a plan of action of how to get it. And with that, I pass.
0: And thank you, Kim G. And good morning, Father E.
10: Good morning. Can you hear me?
0: I sure can.
10: Oh,
11: wonderful. Thank you so much, Santa. I had a revelation today. I have really been living in denial for the last 20 years of my life fighting whether the issue was I am a hard compulsive overeater or a real chronic compulsive overeater. And I can't live in denial anymore. Really, today, it came to me, I am that chronic compulsive overeater that has devised through mental trickery a way to continue my compulsive behaviors back and forth, back and forth without putting weight on my body. But how long I can do that, I don't know. It can switch, I can go back into the food, and then the consequences will show on my body again. But more importantly, There are consequences that I want to happen to my mind. I want to have that spiritual experience. I want to have that psychic change. I was always thinking that I could do it myself, that by going to the rooms, by taking a sponsor, by taking sponsees, by reading by phone calls, that was enough. But it's 20 years now, and I have kept the 100-plus pounds off, but I haven't had a psychic, spiritual experience. And that's what I crave. I want peace of mind. I want tolerance for my family, my neighbors, my any outside events that may occur. I need it desperately. And today is the day I finally capitulate and say, I am a chronic compulsive overeater. And without this change, without this psychic change, nothing will change for me.
0: I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. And next we have is Diane H. Good morning. Um, Yes, I'd like to say that I am really,
12: really excited about this big book and um, where I'm at in my recovery right now. Um, I I believe that the steps are a way to spiritual freedom from the food obsession. Um, I've been working through the steps with my sponsor for about two months, and I'm on step eight and nine right now. Um... And the only reason I'm that far is because I've been getting such relief. Um, I believe that change comes from progressively, not hesitantly, working through the steps. And I believe that ideas, emotions, and attitudes change through step seven. Um, I used to think that the right pill, if I just had the right pill, like if I was taking the right combination of medication, it would control my obsession with the food. And recently I just let go of one of those medications and I haven't binged. And that is the presence, practicing the presence of God. That is a spiritual awakening because I was so afraid to let go of it because I was so afraid I would binge. And it's just such a miracle what this program can do. And it comes from putting in a lot of work, you know, getting up every morning, Listening to the program, working the steps, calling newcomers, um, do you know, do, doing the steps, reading the big book, um, calling people during the day, um, just putting it all together into you know one big piece, um, and it's just been great for me. It's been a real joyous
11: ride, and with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Diane H,
13: and good morning, Tina S. Good morning, Santa. Thanks for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic in Florida. Some great stuff in these paragraphs. You know, I was one of those alcoholic readers that uh, thought that I could do without spiritual help, you know, and, and I'm so grateful that I hung around long enough. You know, because I thought that you know I just had the allergy of the body. Thank you very much. I was a little different than y'all, and you know, and then my experience is that eventually, somehow, some way, some day, the only solution that I ever had was going to come about again if I didn't have this change of the mind, the psychic change. And so eventually, I was going to eat. And then you know, and I certainly today have the mind of the chronic alcoholic. You know, and the good news is, he says there is an exception. You know, and, and exceptions to such cases as yours have been occurring since early times. You know, and so then then they talked about the vital spiritual experience and and all the change. And I and I'm so grateful for all the for the comment about all the different words that actually just mean change because that's exactly what has to happen in my life today. You know, I was always told the same person will drink again, and that was always my experience. You know, the same person always ate again. You know, if I did not change, I would not refrain from this compulsive eating stuff. You know, and and so today I I have this spiritual awakening. You know, and I have to continue to do the work one day at a time because what I did yesterday is not going to work for today. You know, and I wish it would, but let me just tell you, in my experience anyway, it won't. And so I have the opportunity, and I love to put words in a, a positive sense. So I have the opportunity today, and not necessarily the challenge, but the opportunity one day at a time to have a life beyond my wildest dreams with a God in charge, and with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Tina S. We do have time for approximately three to four more shares. Who would like to comment?
14: Kelly S. Re- Reva Renac. P. I
0: think I heard Kelly S. This
15: is Larry.
0: Larry K. Lynn S. S. One more. Je-
15: Reva P. Janet
0: B. I didn't hear any names.
9: Reva P. Reva P.
0: Okay, we'll Janet stop right B. here. Dennis B if we have time we'll get you in. So I have Kelly. I didn't get the initial of your last name. Larry K, Lynn S. Riva P. Good morning, Kelly.
14: Good morning, Santa. Thank you for your service. This is Kelly S. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Oklahoma. Sorry, <clears throat> my timer. Um, I just really wanted to share on this because I know you guys have heard me share that, um, you know, I've been around this program for a long time and What I didn't understand for years was that um, I thought the whole point of this book was to get us to stop eating or to stop drinking or to stop doing whatever it was we were doing obsessively and addictively. But what I didn't understand until I started listening to Vision for You and listening to them read the big book was the entire point of this book, as it points out, and we agnostic, is to enable us to find a power greater than ourselves, which is to solve our problem. Well, our problem, my problem is living. You know, I don't know how to do life. Food was my solution to life, you know. And so I missed the thesis sentence all along, you know. And it talks about in, you know, the doctor's opinion um, that um, that it says that their ideals must be grounded in power greater than themselves if they are to recreate their lives. So I had to find a higher power if I was going to recreate my life. It wasn't about just putting down the food. I had to put down the food to work these steps, and that was huge 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 I'm not going to say it's not but then I had to move on with these steps and I had to do it with a, a higher power and I always try to do it by myself you know and it says also in the doctor's uh, opinion though that this This stuff is repeated over and over, and I was always doing it over and over. Unless I'd experienced an entire psychic change, there was very little hope of my recovery, and that's what I experienced for 32 years. You know, I kept trying to use the tools and do this alone, and I didn't understand that I had to have a higher power. And, you know, the whole thing, like other people have shared, is, you know, I have to work the steps. I have to do the deal. I get to my higher power by working the steps. You know, prayer and meditation alone doesn't do it. It's work. Every day I spend time in prayer and meditation. I put my food down. I use my tools to keep me in the steps. I spend daily time in prayer and meditation because if that is the solution, if my higher power is my solution, then I have to do it every day because my disease is every day. And so I spend time in prayer and meditation, and then I I pick up this, spiritual toolkits laid at my feet as it talks about and you know i do the steps i do four through nine and i am a change person today i never i remember reading that phrase all the time going entire psychic change no that's me and that's not me you know i wanted to be a different person today i do live in the solution but you know what i'm doing i'm doing the deal this time you know i'm working it i'm not just you know uh, using tools, and I'm not just praying. I'm doing all of it every day. You know, I do ten steps every day. I do a nightly review. I look at my crap. It's not always fun, but I got. You know, I've got a higher power. I've got to change life today, and I'm abstinent. I'm not eating, and I'm doing it happily. I've been doing this for over two years, which may not sound like a lot to you guys, but in 34 years, that's the first time I've made it past a year, and it's. Th- thanks to this process and to higher power and finally doing it the way it's described in this big book. And I just wanted to share that. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Santa.
0: And thank you, Kelly. Is that Kelly S as in Sam or F as in Frank?
14: S as in Sam. Okay. Good morning, Larry K.
15: Good morning, Santa. Uh, Larry K., Recovered Compulsible Reader from Chicago. You know, we read here, um, you know, I thought. Ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of our lives, the lives of these men are suddenly cast to one side and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. And, you know, I think for me, you know, there were many days while I was in program that I had an aha moment. I had an epiphany while I wasn't working the steps precisely. I had an epiphany and and I thought perhaps this is it. And when I had that epiphany... Maybe I heard you say something that really hit me in a certain way, and then maybe, just maybe, I felt the cravings didn't own me in that moment. Rest assured, I did not have a spiritual awakening in those moments. They happened to me many times. While I was in program, not working the steps in sequence precisely, high on the food. Maybe the food was coursing through my veins from the night before. And I didn't, and my ideas, emotions, and attitudes, just because I heard you say something that resonated with me, were not cast to one side. See, it would get cast to one side when I worked these steps in sequence with my heroin down 100%, not 95% down, not even 99% down. It had to be down 100%. And when it was, and then, and only then, that I was desperate enough to proceed, only then. I was desperate enough to proceed and work the steps from one through 12 in sequence rapidly, very rapidly, but thoroughly. Then I would have a spiritual awakening that I didn't have some sort of epiphany. And it may happen over time of the educational variety. But rest assured, when the obsession, the mental twist was lifted, I did not lift it from myself. God lifted it from me. I had to have, I must have have a spiritual awakening my higher power of my own understanding lifted it on my behalf i didn't lift it for myself with my higher power's help god lifted it and it was gone and it's never returned contingent upon me remaining in fit spiritual condition so i say that because for me and i'm probably the only one on the line that this happened to i don't know i'm guessing not though That I did not have a spiritual awakening as I heard some nice kind of things and things that resonated with me. It would only happen through action, sequential, rapid action, following the steps precisely. That's what produces the essential psychic shift. And God did that for me. I didn't do it for myself. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: And thank you, Larry Kay. And thank you, Kelly S. Yes, and Larry Kay, for staying under the three minutes we can get everybody in. Uh, Lynn S., you're up.
16: Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovering compulsive reader in Toronto, Canada. This paragraph is just making me think back about my life and that the misery and the despair, the unhappiness, the chaos, the desperation, in addition to the weight. And the food. And, you know, so many times I remember people saying, I just want you to be happy, my mother. I just want you to be happy. And I thought, oh, my God, don't you think I would if I could? And so many weight loss cures and remedies and on and on and on. And as if that was sort of going to make the difference. But it it never made any difference. How many times had I been thin and still miserable and I think that was the biggest disappointment ever that I'd ever occurred As I thought if I just get this weight off everything will be fine and I got the weight off and nothing was any different and I remember the despair of that and just just listening to this about the huge emotional displacements and rearrangements, ideas, emotions and attitudes which were once the guiding force of lives are cast aside And a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. Talking about being totally reborn. And there was nothing out there that ever gave me anything like this. And here program, you know, I I often sit and wonder Bill and Bob. And here these two men and, and the background history that they're getting, what they brought us. It's truly, truly a miracle. And I'm just sitting back in awe at the gifts that we are given. And with that, I'll pass.
0: And thank you, S. also for staying under the time. And Reva P., you're out.
17: Good morning. It's Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. You know, this paragraph um, emphasizes change through so many different words that really mean change, and it's referring to the change in my thinking. And I was so used to using willpower when I first came into program that I thought I had to change my thinking so if I'm thinking fear I have to just quickly band-aid it and go into faith and it's so simple now it strikes me as so simple I've got medical confirmation first of all from Dr. Silkworth that I have an allergy of a body I hear somebody but Um, And then I have a medical confirmation from Carl Jung that I have a problem with my thinking. And then it tells me in order to change my thinking and have a transformation of mind um, and personality, all I have to do is work the steps. I don't have to will myself. I don't have to lock myself into a room praying for hours and hours and hours work through the steps in sequence, and then it happens to me as a result of the work. I kept trying to force the change. Um, So it's like what I always say, you know, pray with a feather instead of a hammer or an ax. It's really quite simple. Um,
0: And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Janice, you got a minute if you want to take that minute.
10: Okay, I'll talk fast. Um, Go ahead. Can you hear me? I sure can. Go right ahead. Hi. Um, this is Janet B. from New Jersey. And the line that just struck me this morning was having the mind of a chronic alcoholic. And why that calls to me is because when I first walked into the rooms, I spent six years in OA binging. And I had admitted that I was powerless, and I was told, great, you've admitted you're powerless. Now put down the food, stick to a food plan. Um, And I couldn't do that. What I had to do, I needed the steps in order to give me the power to put down the food. So I couldn't get a week together. I couldn't get, sometimes I couldn't get past breakfast. But as soon as I started working the steps, I started getting an infusion of power. So for me, it didn't happen where I put down the food and then worked the steps to keep it put down. I had to start working them immediately to even get them down in the first place. Um, And I passed. Thank you.
0: Wow, perfect. One minute, Janice. Thank you so Mm -hmm. much. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour study immediately following closing. And the share ID for Monday, April seventeenth, the seven AM Eastern Standard Time is nine eight four four. Nine eight four 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 9844 We will now close with the reading from the big book on page one hundred sixty four, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Carmelo G please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggested only. Keep you until then.
18: Thank you, Santa. Thank you for your service. This is Carmela G. from New York, a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with Him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to Him and to your fellows.